we have some incredible news for you guys guys this week raven software unionizes death standing 2 was revealed and fall guys goes free to play at last plus so much more catch it right here on the crossplay podcast i am your host this week taylor allen alongside the grounded gamer himself mr cory braden bearden bearden Okay. Corey Braden. No, you had Braden? it right the first time. Yeah, it is Braden. You had it right, right the first time. The, the spelling always throws me off. Because I want to say Braden because obviously that's how it's said. And then I second guess myself. Like, I, yeah. I question it every single time. Corey, how are you doing, man? Oh, doing fantastic. Uh, just like, I don't know, like I was just, if you guys were part of the pre-show, you were hearing about some great, amazing things that have happened in the last little while. And I was just talking about how um you know i just got reached out for some other stuff crazy cool things that might be happening or may not be happening we'll see but like it's just crazy to see that everything's always busy who knows what's coming up and going on and ketchup chips you and forgot ketchup, you forgot the, the most ketchup, important part ketchup of the and cheese chips and then we talked ketchup about chips. and then taylor was talking about bacon a uh, deep fried and bacon grease chips and i was yeah. like yeah. This is where I need to come. I need to come visit you guys and have those. It was good. But like I was saying, this is the Crossplay Podcast, our weekly episode or our weekly podcast here at Dual Screens, where we go over the video game news. You can support us on every platform that you get podcast services by leaving us a review if they're available, as well as subscribing to our YouTube channel. If you want to support us even more, however, and get that amazing pre-show that Corey was talking about, as well as the ability to jump in the Discord and chat with us at any time, you can support us over on Patreon at patreon.com slash ndspodcasts. This week, we've got a pretty stacked show. We've got a lot of news, a lot of new releases coming up this week. Um, none of them really jumping off the page by any means, but there's still a lot of titles to say the least. But before we get into that, let us get into our adventures in gaming. Corey, what have you been playing since we talked to you last a couple of weeks ago? I mean, I'm Canadian and it's hockey playoffs right now. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, with that in mind, uh, hockey's always on the brain. Yeah. Um, it's in my blood um so i mean obviously i've been playing some shell 21 in my in my time um when i'm just sitting there watching the hockey games i'm also playing hockey games uh, yeah you which, know. which of the canadian teams are left uh we've got right now uh edmonton and calgary which they're fighting they're playing against each other oh uh, right so we've now. got we've got some canada on canada crime going in the same province or Ooh. is it so if if in the terms of you in a, our former our audience in the United States, that'd be like the same idea as the New York Jersey Devils fighting against, you know, the New York Rangers, which, you know, no one would care about that anyway. But as it is, uh, this is basically the Battle of Canada where we have uh, two of some of the big Alberta players battling off each other. So it's quite crazy to see. But do, other than that, do either of them have the chance of actually winning it all, do you think? I, I mean, it's hard to say. I mean, we've got Connor McDavid, who is the Canadian heartthrob right now. Uh, you know, everybody wants to see him win mm-hmm. uh, just because he's done. So he's such an amazing player. Um, and then, I mean, he's got a pretty good team to back him up. And with the Flames, they've got a pretty good all around team to do that. So it's really hard to say. I mean, um, it all depends on who they're facing in the end. Mm-hmm. So. I, that, I don't follow uh i don't follow hockey at all so i have to that's like, okay absorb my hockey news i don't follow it th- i i i follow it very lightly throughout the year yeah um it's not like right in there um but other than that i've been playing something that you've been playing as well taylor and you know we might as well just get this out of the way um v rising like let's be honest here what a weird if it's such a weird game to describe to people but i mean what a great game though yeah so i actually i have an article that's uh gonna be going up on the site um i just finished it up i think andy is gonna spruce it up just a little bit so it should be hitting the site this week uh titled i hate survival games and i love v rising um i've been playing a bunch of v rising too uh the game is really really good Uh, i talked about it a bunch last week um 
so I won't belabor it too much. But how is your uh, V Rising well, experience? Well, it, it's it's a nice experience where like um the big problem I've always had with survival games uh, when you do play them is like Valheim and games like uh, Valheim, and then there's Icarus and you know all those other types of survival games. Yeah. The biggest problem I've always had with them is that base building becomes this giant chore mm -hmm. of like oh i gotta build the base and then i have to make sure everything's connected so that this can get this and this can get that and it it, it becomes more or less where base building becomes the majority of your time sink mm -hmm. whereas in v rising i really love the idea that they kind of went okay what do people want to see out of um survival games and the idea that they brought out that thing of here's all these bosses and every time you beat a boss you get powers and unlock new things to craft and it's more or less um the idea of that base building and is so automated in sense that you're not having to worry about it as much as usual survival games so you're more or less it's the customizable side of things it's the gaining powers it's um more or less like just walking out and like the the finding out what combination of powers and weapons you really love to enjoy and that's the other thing i love too is i always hated the idea especially like when you look at like valheim and stuff like that where you get to this point where it's like okay oh i got i, I have to bring my pickaxe with me i have to bring my axe with me i have to bring my weapons with me i have to bring this 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 because it's like well if i run into a special tree then i need to have that and i need to have my my skill up to x amount of high yeah. so i can chop down this tree that's x level whereas in v rising i can take a spear or even a bow and chop down trees yeah is it efficient doing it no but i can just take it with me and just mine with it and do everything with it and i'm not having to carry a bunch of stuff there's no weight limit to my guy there's they've taken a lot of out of the chore of what makes a survival game like really hardcore survival and they've taken yeah. that out and made it more about like a diablo slash like, being, I would a almost... being a vampire yeah that's, that's one I... of the things that i like i highlighted really heavily uh in this article that i wrote um is like all of the little things that you don't think about in other games that like would affect you as a vampire like i i find mm -hmm. so fun like you have you don't think about like the sunlight or walking oh, into hate, like a, a sunny I... grove at all and oh, and man. like the first time that you like burst into flames <laughs> as you are like just walking in between trees and stuff well even really, really even good. something like carrying silver mm -hmm. the first time i carried silver and i'm like why am i burning and yeah. i'm like oh yeah this is silver like it or not it's... like constantly topping off your blood meter and stuff yeah like, that's th another cool like mechanic that. i love the yeah. idea that you take this blood that's a percentage of blood that gives you abilities but then the more you use your abilities the more your blood goes down so you have mm -hmm. to constantly kind of keep track of it and it adds these it adds things to boss battles that i never think i thought i would add right so like i have to go find a boss and it's like okay well he's over here and i'm like okay i only have three hours in like in a day cycle or in a yeah. night cycle i have three more hours of the night to kill this boss do i think i could do it he's in an open field like if all of a sudden it turns daytime and i have to continue fighting him i'm kind of hooped right so you're having to plan all these things out mm -hmm. and kind of um you're like oh well this guy right now he's doing a certain type of attack maybe i should find a rogue that's got a high percentage of blood that i can have that ability so i get the critical hits on them so i don't have to worry too much or yeah. maybe i'll become a brute so i can take more damage right so it really lets you kind of explore and kind of uniquely change things and, and especially right now too i love the idea that um they kind of also made tailored it to um a lot of different people like i'm playing in a fully public server mm -hmm. which is a bit of a pain but at the same time is there's like things you can see in that compared to playing in a private server so yeah. um but the big thing is too is it's also the idea of like once you beat the game and beat all the bosses then it's like do you want to just do full loot runs here you go everyone's automatically level 50 gear uh here's go explore and do whatever from level 50 or hey let's just jump in an area and do level 70 runs right so yeah. it's kind of neat and it, it's not like most other games where if all of a sudden 
Taylor, you decided to jump into my server and start playing with me, you're not going to be like, oh, well, let me take 12 to 15 hours to catch up to you. It can be like, oh, let me take five to 10 minutes because you can just come into my castle and interact with everything. And it's like, cool, there's all my missions done. Right. So it's, it's, it's a really neat experience. I do love it. And the idea that this is early access, it's definitely a pickup for anyone that's playing it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, it charted really well on steam. A ton of people are playing it. Um, it, I think is still, it's still sitting in sixth place as of today. Yeah. Uh, which for an early access, like paid survival game, like that's huge. You know, it didn't launch yeah. free to play. It's not full release. It's not released by like a, a big publisher or anything like that. Like Yeah, the only a... last time we saw anything like this was Valheim. Yeah. Right? Yeah, they they had a, a really strong launch. And I, I totally agree that like the simplicity that they've added to the game, um, and, and removing some of those like pain points, um, and instead mm-hmm. like refocusing, um, making combat like really um really satisfying and exploring like really rewarding and stuff i i have really liked it a lot um have you been playing anything else just those two just those two i mean i've got a uh (laughs) once we're done this i'm going to be challenging my buddy joe the one that no one ever knows um to a race to the plat on i am mayo 3 to fill and off the great trilogy that is uh-huh. um those, but, those uh, are like 30 minute platinums right yeah They're well like super it, fast. the last one took about 45 but yeah uh, it's it's funny because it started out as a where you were clicking on a jar of mayo with the x button and all you had to do was get to like 10,000 clicks and then you had to just change the outfit on the jar right mm-hmm. and then in the second one you had to click on the jar and then there was mini games that you had to do. And now from what I've seen with the, the trailers, I am Mayo 3, like these guys have totally like made this whole story with it. So they're like, like in, they, they just know what they are. Yeah. So like in the, in the, in the description for the game, it says, why is it stopping at three? And it's because they're like, because three is a good number. And then they're like, well, should you, do you have to play? The first two before you play this one are like if you went back and played the other ones then we would have an expiry date on the mayo and would go bad by then like yeah they have all these that's funny funny quotes but like this yeah. one now you're tapping to have your mayo go on a journey and it's finding his love life to finish his life with <laughs> that's great that's so, super funny yeah uh, but that's it cool for me um so v rising obviously i've been playing a lot of um also a couple of weeks ago i talked about Peglin um yes i was here when you talked about it yeah a a roguelike um peggle inspired game uh and it's it's really really good you get like different orbs that you shoot out that have like different functionality you get like relics that modify like the board and stuff um so peglin actually just got its first content update it's in early access i believe Uh, but it just Mm -hmm. got its first content update which added like, if you're familiar with Slay the Spire, it essentially added, like, ascension levels or, like, different progressively harder levels of difficulty. And when you beat one, you advance to the next. Um, they also updated their UI, hinting at new characters. So you're not just going to have your little goblin peggle uh, to play as anymore. Um, yeah. So it, it's been really good. They also added a couple of orbs, did some balance changes um that game's really fucking good man like it's it's oh i know i played the i played it uh last you talked about it i played it and i did the the what was there of early access at the time yeah and i mean i i love it i love the idea of what they're going for um it's not just it's it's really interesting of how they built it to make it kind of have a strategy to it so Mm -hmm. like you building your own set of like as you finish each level you get a ball to throw and then it makes differences of what ball you're throwing so like there's actually becomes a strategy behind that it's not just like here just get good at pagel no it's it's completely different and yeah it's it's really deep and i've i've made it to like uh they they call it crucible that's their like ascending difficulty level i think i've made it to like crucible five and they have seven out right now up to seven uh but if you look at like it is in like a, a ring and split up into you know different slices of the pie. If you look at it, they have like 20 or more 
that they are planning on adding. So it's going to like mm. severely ramp up. And with each one, it's like, all right, you have one less refresh orb. Um, you start with one less refresh orb on the screen or your stones, which are like the starting orbs that you have do less damage or you like heal less in after battle healing events, like, and, and all of it stacks. So like you're taking on all of this, like attrition as you move up the, the crucible and it's, it's, so much fun love it cannot recommend it enough go get peglin um highly highly recommend uh and then the other game that i've been playing uh is a game called elix so elix two. yeah got so you're not, are you playing are you are you playing elix two or elix one uh elix one elix two is oh, okay yeah. yeah elix two like just yeah. recently got announced um so with that announcement i was like you know what? i should go back to elix i i personally like elix um it was like very very under the radar open world rpg uh, uh elix 2 is already out is it yeah when did it come out march the first i thought it got announced march the first holy shit it, it's okay well it's from what i'm looking at here it, she ain't doing well uh-oh yeah uh-oh. well yeah, i i thought it, it got announced recently so i was like okay cool i'll go uh I go. Play I was just wondering. Elix, that's why I was know? like, when you're like Elix too, and I'm like, I mean Elix too, and they're like, no Elix, no, yeah, no, no it's well, there. Shit. Okay. Um, there you see, go. This is way. this is why I added the release roundup section last episode because I can never remember what has actually fucking come out or not. Um, but yeah, I've been playing Elix. I think that game's really cool. I I like it a lot. Obviously, it has its issues. Like it's it's not the most polished game um it doesn't play the smoothest but like the story is interesting the world is super super interesting i i absolutely love the world that they've built there so um yeah i'm i'm just trying to get back into that i guess i'll have to jump into Elix. yeah i mean i've always seen i've always looked at it like i had a lot of friends where it's it's one of those interesting things where it's one of those games that um, I've had a couple of people that played it and they've always said that it's uh, even though it's never really it's weird. It never it's one of those games that gets that weird rainbow effect of scores mm-hmm. where it's like some people view it very low, but then there's a lot of people that view it very high. Yeah. And I find with Elix, too, I had a lot of friends that were like right into Elix, like this is their like Skyrim. Yeah. basically like they the, the world is the, like the heck out of it the world is fascinating and, and that's yeah. what really draws me to it it's like post-apocalyptic there was this like cataclysmic meteor event that happened um that like altered the planet at its core and it started releasing a um a material called elix um and mm. it kind of like looks at the world through the lens of like how people embraced or didn't embrace elix like there are um the clerics who like use elix to power technology and stuff there's Mm. um a a different group who instead uh have like a a sacred tree that they put elix into that is converted into mana which allows them to like use magic but they like totally shun technology completely um and then like the the albs who are like the big bad guys um Mm. are they like consume the elix and it totally gets rid of all emotions so they're just like this cold fucking killing machine basically um and and there are a bunch of other like different factions and stuff that play into it too but like it really examines the world like if we were to reset and some people chose to embrace technology and some didn't um and so I, i like that contrast of like swords and shields and magic fighting up against like technology and guns and stuff like it is really interesting that's the way i've always whenever i look at it i'm like that's really cool that it's the first game to kind of combine both right yeah like usually you see the very fantasy aspect of games or you see the guns and like Mm -hmm. super crazy things and that's kind of the way whereas this game kind of like takes it to that step of going where it's like in there which uh, i was just looking it up um right now um for the first one anyway it looks like it's on sale on playstation if you're watching this live um and then it elix 2 at least is uh and then on the it's not on sale on on pc but on playstation if you want it's 12 dollars right now 
No, twelve dollars. You can't say no to try something out. Yeah, Hi- highly, highly recommend. All right, release roundup. We're gonna jump into the latest releases. What's coming out this upcoming week? Let's do it. Rapid fire here. First and foremost, tomorrow, Nino Kuni Cross Worlds, which I didn't know was a thing, uh, releasing on PC, iOS, and Android. What is this? I I don't, I don't know. Nino okay. Kuni mobile game it looks like uh you you keep on going i'm gonna look this up roller champion is finally coming out of development i I saw this i saw this and i'm like what is this game i actually want to play it this game this was announced like forever ago and it was stuck in development hell for a long time as you can tell by the platforms that it's releasing on ps4 xbox one pc and switch nothing on next or on current gen in the year of our lord 2022 that's also coming out tomorrow uh on the 27th we've got sniper elite 5 coming out on everything except for the switch uh arcade spirits the new challenger is coming out on everything ko the kangaroo which i believe andy is i've heard i've heard a lot of good things on this yeah so keep an eye out for the review on that i believe that comes out the day before maybe the day of um for ko um, but really excited about that. Um, that's the 27th as well. We have the Flight Simulator Top Gun DLC coming out on the Xbox family of consoles and PC on the 27th. Um, Pac-Man Museum Plus is coming out on everything except for PS5. So this is releasing on hmm. all Xbox platforms, PS4, Switch, and PC. No PS5 release, though. Um, and then on the 31st, a week from today, we've got Snow Runner coming out on PS5 and the Xbox Series consoles. Ta-da! I need to get yeah, like so... a, a musical track to play while I'm just reading through the upcoming releases, I think. So, yeah, it's just a mobile JRPG. Excellent. Yeah. Super excited to never play that. <laughs> yeah. It surprises me that's on PC, but I mean, that's probably just like every other mobile RPG nowadays. Yeah. All right. We have a full docket of news this week. So oh, a crazy amount. We are going to jump right into it. First and foremost, Death Stranding 2 got, review- got revealed in maybe the weirdest way possible this week. Um, yeah. So Norman Reedus was doing an interview, um, and the interviewer like very casually was just talking about how he was like, you know, filming the the final season of the walking dead and the the spinoff series or whatever. And was like doing all this stuff. He mentioned that he was doing death stranding and like not even in a direct response to the question, Norman Reedus just drops that they just recently started working on death stranding too. Um, Kojima had a, a really fun response to this where he uh he posted on Twitter a picture of him and and a couple of pictures of him and Norman Reedus and told him to go to his uh private his quarters. Room. Yeah, yeah which to go I, to his I thought room. was yeah. I thought was really funny, but um can you think of a weirder way to announce a like hyped sequel to a like story developer's game? It, it I don't know, like it's it's really it's kind of like this is kind of like when um you know this is the tom holland of uh revealing spoilers (laughs) um it's it's really interesting that for him the way he just kind of revealed it too Mm -hmm. um because he just gets talking about it and he's just like oh yeah yeah i'm like you know i'm working working on on part two yeah yeah it it was like so innocuous you know like i and i think part of that is because he comes from like the the film and television industry where like everything is is announced and you you like know about these projects so far in advance so far like before they even cast it you know about all of these things right it doesn't go through the same like reveal and hype cycle that um video games do so he probably didn't even think that he like did anything well and especially we already knew that norman reedus and kojima were making something we kind of already yeah. like a lot of people suspected that but we didn't know if that was them going into a new game due to the fact of them doing silent hill and stuff like that before 
um, you know, or if that was them going into Death Stranding 2, because a lot of people are wondering, okay, well, are they going to do a Death Stranding 2 just because the critique of what people had of it and stuff like that, like, they were like, is he going to make another one? Is he going to yeah. change the way it plays? Like, is he just going to do something different? Um, or are they just going to do something else? Like, we knew it was happening, but uh, now it's out in the open. So, yeah. And to be fair, like, this could be, knowing Kojima, like, a, a total, like, bait and switch, too. Like, he loves... Oh, he, he loves doing this he stuff. He loves stuff like this. And so, I don't think it's likely... But it is possible. This is like a, a Kojima bait and switch. It'd be like Death Stranding 2. And then like all of a sudden he'll have it and then it'll just fade away into like MGS7 or something. Yeah. <laughs> just <laughs> or he'll just rename. He's just going to be like, this is just Metal Gear Solid. It's just that we just yeah. took out. Metal Gear Death Stranding yeah. 7. Metal Gear Stranding. There you go. Yeah. It just... Um, but yeah, I, I thought this was, uh, really interesting. Oh, it was, yeah. Um, I, another cool game announcement that hit us this week. Um, former Hearthstone devs announced a new studio and their first game, Marvel Snap. Um, so this is a bunch of people that, uh, left Blizzard within like the last year, including the creative director, uh, over Hearthstone, who has been... Um, kind of like the the man in charge um, mm. there for a couple of years. Like he he was driving the whole thing. He left when created his own studio, and uh, this looks like fucking Hearthstone with Marvel, um, which works. Like I, I think I, I'm dope. excited. Yeah. I, I love uh, card games. Mm-hmm. As as for those who you know haven't paid attention to the show, I'm a huge Magic the Gathering fan. I've always played. Actually, Hearthstone's one of the only games I never got into. Yeah, I played it for a bit, but I didn't play it too hard. Uh, but I just love the idea of us going into these types of games, and the idea that this the cool thing I love about the way that what we're seeing from the trailers with the new Marvel Snap as well. Um, this is going to be them introducing a lot of the, this generation's Marvel heroes mm-hmm. to people like us or to yeah. newer people. Um, this is not the Iron Man that the Tony Stark Iron Man we grew up with. This is the, uh, the newer Iron Man. This is not yeah. Peter Parker. This yeah, is Miles they definitely Morales. Like... like they're moving into more of the factor of this is, I think, going to move into the factor of really going for newer characters and really bringing new people to the Marvel world. But yeah. I, 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 I'm excited for it for uh, sure. A lot of Marvel mobile games will do this too, especially ones where you like mm. collect all the different heroes. Um, to like pad the roster, they obviously have to add like every strange and weird iteration that they can and kind of like lean into the multiverse thing a little bit um but it's gonna be really good um in the trailer you actually see like iron heart which looks awesome and and they have like their own kind of like artistic vision for these characters too it's not oh yeah which is really cool like rip of mcu uh characters which i which i dig so uh, I'm really excited, but Corey, we uh, we got some other kind of news on the Marvel front this week. Um, yeah. Coming out of the Xbox camp. Tell me what happened there. Or maybe coming out of the Xbox camp, because, yeah. I mean, from what came out this week, uh, there was news circulating around that Microsoft or Xbox turned down to actually make a Marvel exclusive back in 2014. Now... Who knows why there are speculations of why this happened. There's a lot of speculation of what gone on. I mean, who knows if this is, it's one of those things where it's, it's, it's whenever any exclusive or a company goes one way to another, uh, there's always speculation of why they went one way to another. Sometimes it's money. Sometimes it's just uh, the developer choices. Sometimes it's just whatever it may be. But the idea that uh, what's come up is that, uh, Marvel really wanted something that was like Batman Arkham series, and they were looking for someone to make it. 
and uh which later on as we know like miles morales the the spider-man games for ps4 was kind of that big thing that hit like that um but they went to xbox and um xbox i don't know what happened i haven't really looked into what it was but uh from what it sounds yeah, like is so they ba- turned it down basically what happened um the vp of marvel games uh jay ong he uh when the arkham series was like in its heyday uh was going around to different different game developers and this is when don matrick was still at the head of xbox um he was going around to like different developers and publishers um and pitching the like arkham killer basically he was like we'll let you guys use any property we need to compete with dc here um we understand how successful like the arkham series is we want to do that basically um and he went to xbox first um and don matrick and at the time matrick basically just said like they're focusing on their own ip which in a long line of Don Matrick fuck-ups, this is obviously, like, one of the one of the biggest, given the success of Sony's Spider-Man. Um, so after he yeah. got turned down um, by uh, Microsoft, he went to Sony, and they obviously were stoked. Um, they, they said, yes, this sounds amazing. Well, well and the put, like, our interesting part it. about this, too, is when the timeline they're talking about this, this is when Insom- everybody forgets that this is right around the time Insomniac made Sunset Overdrive, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is even the crazier part about all of this is yeah. that, you know, this is the first time that when we saw Insomniac, the company that had made so many big titles on PlayStation, make this Xbox exclusive, which to this day, us PlayStation fanboys still want to play if we haven't played it on Xbox. It's incredible. Um, yeah, but it it it's crazy to see that at that time that's what was going on, and then you find out later that you know now we're finding out Marvel went to Xbox first, but then the funny thing is that they went to Sony, and then it was Insomniac who then took the reins on this which just finished a game from for microsoft yeah so it's it's crazy in this that we could have actually seen the exact same game possibly made by insomniac still on an xbox as an exclusive instead of on playstation which is crazy because you think about it now playstation now owns the studio we have wolverine coming out like Mm -hmm imagine if that was just swapped and that was actually microsoft's it probably still now. wouldn't be out it probably would have been delayed again <laughs> speaking of delays and <laughs> games that shouldn't come out uh jeff grubb uh, on the kind of funny games cast uh was talking about the last of us remake um which is like the worst kept secret in the history of gaming um this game, he said, he keeps hearing is coming out this year. Um, and with the, like, heavy rumors of God of War getting delayed and pushed from 2022, that would make this the marquee Sony title for the year. Yeah, which is crazy. Besides, because... I guess for the second half of the year, I should say. Horizon came which out. Which is crazy year. because The Last of Us already has had how many holiday showings? Because yeah. it was released originally, right? Mm-hmm. And then when we got the PS4 version, that was a holiday release originally last mm-hmm. time. Um, and if I'm correct, the DLC was a holiday release last, when it first came out, right? The DLC was the yeah. holiday release for the year that year. And then now they're like pushing this as the holiday release. So it's really interesting to see that they're kind of using this as their, hey, look, let's get ready for holiday season. Um, I mean, do we need this? I don't know. I'm still in that boat of, I think that who knows if they're trying to just change the story on this. I still think that the way they ended the first last of us was it, it, it could be interesting to see a story if they change the way that ended. Um, I, but, I don't know. know if they're going to like alter that because then that would retcon some things from the second one, the second game, which, which I, I haven't played, which they, oh, it's so good. Um, <laughs> quick aside, naughty dog, 
like I don't know how they do it. They have some of the most incredible writers in all of gaming. Like hats off. They to them. do. Um, that being said, I honestly think that this is a quick cash grab to try and like capture the hype of that HBO series. Honestly, I think uh, this, I think it honestly is. Yeah, this 100%, release is gonna is gonna is. coincide with the HBO series, and then they're gonna use this as like a way to. Now here's the real question: Are they gonna make the voice actors the same voice actors as the HBO series? I don't think so. I I think they stick. I mean, that would be cast. such a. I think the fans would really be hurt if they didn't. Yeah, have I, I that would be a, Joel a horrible move horrible move in my opinion um but yeah I, I don't know i'm like very indifferent on this um but it's yeah. coming and someone's gonna buy it yeah so. but you know what people aren't gonna buy anymore fall guys, fall guys because it's going free to play yeah so there's some some cool news and some not so cool news with this story uh, so Fall Guys is going free to play uh, later this summer, uh, which is cool and exciting and surprising that they've lasted and, this long. Yeah, and the cool thing is that because it's going to be going to free to play, it's going to be doing that once it hits the Switch and the Xbox. It's coming to basically the, all consoles, mm -hmm. uh, which is the big thing. Um, and then it's all going to be cross-play, which is really cool and exciting. Um, but once again... Uh, the thing, like you're saying, something that is not so exciting about this is it's been delisted from Steam because Epic Games has now um, taken this. So I don't know if this is going to be another limited release window for it or what's going to be going on. No, so but... Mediatonic, which is the, the company that develops Fall Guys, um, last year got acquired by Epic Games. Oh, okay. Well, then um, we so know what's Epic, going on. Yeah, there, Epic Games owns the development studio, so it makes sense why they're doing this. But oh, 100%. Steam users are big, Not happy. big upset about it, um, and understandably so. Like, it, it kind of sucks. Um, you're not going to be able to like, you you'll still have access to all future updates. They say, um, but it's going to be completely delisted from the Steam store. Um, so. If you want it on yeah. Steam, get it now. I would kind of caution you against that because I could totally see them stopping support for a Steam version at some point if it becomes like uh too resource intensive to do that. Like it, Steam is like one of the most ubiquitous ubiquitous platforms. So I don't know why it would be, but like there's potential for that happening. So be cautious if you're going to go and buy Fall Guys. Well, it'd be the whole thing of like the server side of things, right? The yeah. idea that they're making this all cross-play means that everyone's going to be on the same servers, which means you're going to probably have to have a Steam game that's going to connect to an Epic server. So mm -hmm. it's one of those things where I know it hasn't really played nice when it comes to a lot of other games. So there's a good chance that it might not play nice again. Yeah. But... Um, and then but speaking of playing nice our, our final story this week uh i thought this was actually really cool um this over, one is over the last couple of years um there has been a big push for unionization in the gaming industry um because it's one of the few like creative industries that doesn't have a union um which is shocking considering like how unionized like tv and, and movie production is um, but there was a big win for, uh, labor in the gaming industry this week where Activision's Raven software voted to unionize, uh, with a, a pretty significant win. I think only 10 people voted against, um, the unionization, um, of the like 200 plus people, um, at the studio. So, uh, that, that was pretty significant. So they will be forming, um, I think it's Game Developers United is the name of their uh, union, but um, this is this is awesome. Uh, they, and they specifically cite like uh, they they were like the game testers specifically were getting raises as little as like ten cents a year, um, and obviously with everything going on around Activision and Blizzard, like the workplace environment was like very shitty as well. 
Um, so really excited for them that they're able to um, beat Activision's anti-union busting stuff. Well, and that's the it's the cool thing, right? It's the big thing we've always talked about where, like, how many times do we see it where um, every time a new game is about to come out or something's about to happen, we hear about crunch and we hear about all this stuff that's going on. And, like, I've seen uh, what these guys uh how they work like my uncle worked for ea as a game tester for quite a few years and as a super a supervisor doing that and stuff and i've looked at what they um like what they've had to do and things like that and it's really tough to see that and then understand like when i got offered a job because i was my uncle worked there and he's like hey yeah come to vancouver you know we'll start you out at 1350 and a one-bedroom apartment in Burnaby at the time to be there was, um, like, what was it, $1,200, $1,500, right? So yeah. it's like, how do you afford, and now it's up to, like, $2,500. So it's really good to see that they're really kind of taking the stride. And I think it's really neat to show that because they're able to do this within the studio, hopefully more studios inside Activision and all around are able to get together. And even if they don't make a union, um, just be able to make a voice heard about like, hey, let's start giving, uh, especially game testers and these other lower on the totem pole people, like some like, you know, a little bit of boost here to help them out through those tough times. Yeah, totally. Um, And I didn't include this in the dual screens report rundown. Um, but this news comes off of um, about a week uh, of really bad layoffs over at EA um, at their Austin studio. Um, a lot of the like FIFA um, customer support people, they, they fired with or laid off with uh, really no reason uh, and are outsourcing to a separate company, which is probably going to you know, be like somewhere in the Philippines or Indonesia or something like that. Like, you know, they're, they're outsourcing for cheaper labor basically. And there's nothing that these people could do about it. So, um, the hope here is that, like you said, this can spread to, um, other developers and, you know, within Activision Blizzard to, um, hopefully, you know, allow for better working conditions for these people. Um, so that they don't get crunched to death for little to no pay. 100%. All right, we have a big question this week. Uh, Steve, um, hit me. The the founder of Dual Screens, Papa Steve himself, uh, shared a, a really interesting article um, that I wanted to go over with you, with the title of "After Years of Hype, the Xbox Game Pass Burnout is Here." Um, so Game Pass obviously is like a a very valuable um service people like praise it all the time for the number of games that you get and things like that uh this is a an article from kotaku uh ari notice wrote this uh it went up yesterday uh, but basically the the hypothesis or the uh, the summary of the article is that um due to a lack of AAA titles that have been hitting the service recently people are getting burnt out of paying for game pass because the best things that are coming to it are just indie games that you could get for cheaper if you like, just bought the couple of games that were really cool outright. Um, so I want to first get your like gut reaction to this, how, how you're feeling and where you um, think like, Game Pass is as a whole and like these subscription services. And then I want to have a larger conversation about like yeah with where that value is like first of all um i mean i haven't done game pass just because i don't own an xbox and the big thing is is if you don't own an xbox game pass like the pc portion of it doesn't really um hold a it doesn't really seem as a good deal to me anyway um the big thing with this too is looking at it like i stated before i cracked the numbers uh, the big pitch for Game Pass ever since day one is day one exclusives for Xbox. That that was the biggest pitch. Whenever I talk to anyone about uh, Game Pass, um, that was their big pitch was, yeah, but I get day one ex exclusives. And the problem is, is I did the numbers where if you count from the date of release on Game Pass, 
uh, when they announced it, it was, we're going to give you a new game every three months. That's an Xbox exclusive. This game, like, here's our, our schedule for the first year and a half. And they had a game every three months. But if you were to buy all the exclusives that have come out so far and compare it to buying Xbox Game Pass Ultimate, you would have actually saved yourself a couple hundred dollars just buying the games outright. Now, true enough, you do get a lot of other games like Outriders was on there. There's a lot of other big games that came out of Game Pass, 100%. But that's where um, I think the big thing is, is there's not enough new stuff coming to the service that says, hey, I'm willing to shell $15 a month. It's the same thing with me with PS Now. I was doing PS Now for about four to five months. And then at that point, I went, you know what? I don't see any games coming out the next couple months that I really enjoy. I'm just going to wait till they come up with a game that I want to play, pay the $12 for that month, play and beat the games I want to play. Then I cancel the service. Then I continue on. Um, and that's where, because of that, people that did hold the service the entire time are finally going, you know what? I'm really not going to pay for it now. I'm waiting for a huge amount of stuff to hit this. Then I'm going to buy it six months down the road, eight months down the road. And a lot of people um, are just, like they said, they, they, they want to hold Xbox to that thing of, here's my, you told me every three months I was getting a game. You're not holding your end of the bargain. Once you hold your end of the bargain, I'm going to buy back the service. This is not people saying they're just going to not buy Game Pass ever again. This is just people not having it for now and jumping back later. And I think that's where subscription services should be held at. No subscription service should ever think that all their people are going to hold it forever. They need to understand that, you know, you have to keep content going. Otherwise, people are going to drop off and then come back later. Yeah. Um, a couple of things. I totally disagree with you on uh, PC Game Pass. I think PC Game Pass is 100% worth it. I'm not I'm not like, saying it's not good. I'm not, and, I, and don't get me wrong on that. I'm yeah. saying is if you, you look at what Ultimate has, right? And that's the mm -hmm. problem is that Ultimate's a great deal. But the price of just straight game, PC Game Pass at $12. Like I'm Canadian, so I'm paying $12 a month I look at it from that perspective and I look at the list of games that I have and I owned a 360 years and years and years ago and played everything. Yeah. So for me, all the classics I wouldn't play. So it's only the new things coming in. So your micro, uh, the flight sim and age of empires and stuff like that. And I agree, those are great games. But once again, if you've played a lot of those libraries, that's where as a gamer that's played a lot of everything, I don't see value in it. I'm not saying there isn't, but I think the ultimate, like the ultimate where you're paying that $15, not the $12, that's great. And yeah. that's the real big savings and good value. I, there still is value in both, but. I was just a PC Game Pass subscriber for a little over a year. Um, and in my opinion, like having access to that library for 10 bucks a month US, like I I think that's totally worth it. Um, I, I think, um, the the bigger issue here, and I think we kind of have all kind of hit on it and danced around it, is the lack of first party output, right? Like I don't 100%. think there's there's an issue with the service. Like I personally like gladly pay my fifteen bucks a month. Um because like games like Trek to Yomi, uh which you know, granted is only like twenty bucks, but like that comes out, launches on Game Pass and is awesome. Like I can play MLB the show for free all year long on game pass which is awesome um having access to like the the ea catalog is awesome um nobody saves the world death store like missed enough points out like there have oh been, yeah it's huge it's there, great there have been an incredible indie scene um on game pass and so like in my opinion i think the bigger issue is with xbox's first party output and not with the service like i think the service holds tremendous value for people um with the amount of games that you can play like the the fact that we are losing redfall and starfield this year like yeah that hurts but like i'm yeah. not even considering pulling my subscription and i i think like this article in particular fails to actually diagnose the real problem um but i i do want to talk in a, a larger scope with Sony launching the PS plus collection. Now, yeah. Um, 
in contrast with Game Pass, do we think that this is going to create like a a race to the bottom where people aren't willing to pay for games anymore and just want their games on their subscription? The the big thing is you've got two different variations of how this the, the pass is working, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you've got PlayStation's point of view where what they're going for is they're going, here, you can rent any game that comes out now for two hours if you're over $30 and try every game out, try everything that comes out nowadays, all of it for free as part of the... Sorry, I don't want to use the words free. It's a, an old insurance tactic, but... As part of your subscription, you get to try all these games out. We're still not going to give you our exclusives, but we're going to give you this big library of games. But we're going to give you a lot of games that are classics of games that you probably haven't played ever before. And you've got Xbox, where Xbox is kind of doing the opposite thing, where they're going, want all the new things and new stuff and exclusives from us. Here's our Game Pass, right? So it's a interesting thing to see if xbox starts to change the way they do theirs based on what they're seeing with playstation doing theirs it's going to be interesting if playstation starts changing theirs to do what xbox does um i hope this doesn't get to the point where it's just a race to just have to buy subscriptions all over the place to be able to watch what i need to like i live in canada And I can tell you right now, doing that with my TV subscriptions is starting to kill me price-wise, just because unlike the States where HBO and like Hulu own majority of everything, I have to have like just to watch certain things. Like I looked at today, I have Amazon has six subscriptions within it for me, (laughs) just so I can watch. Like if I want to watch South Park, I have to have Amazon Prime plus the paramount because south park's part of paramount for mm-hmm. canada whereas if i want to watch the um what was it like uh the the chucky series that came out well i had to own stack tv as part of the prime because it was bought by showcase even though it was owned by hbo so it's like i have to have like five or six different things just to do that and i really hope we don't get to the point where it's all of a sudden amazon jumps into this and netflix jumps into this and epic starts jumping into this and they all go hey guess what well you wanted this exclusive game well that's going to be through this the amazon yeah. prime you know playstation app right i really hope we don't get to that point because I don't like games being locked behind a subscription service. I still want the option to buy them so I can make that choice. But yeah, I, I personally don't think that um, the ability to buy games outright will ever go away. That being said, I do think that um, like Sony's offering and Microsoft's offering are actually not that different if you take no. out the like first party day and date launches that Xbox has like they're they're really like almost the exact same thing classic libraries like you have all of the original Xbox Xbox 360 games stuff like that on Game Pass as well so like it, it's a very very similar um service that's being offered um what i think we're going to get to is consumers are going to start demanding more and more value for these subscriptions um, yeah. as they start pitting against each other more. Like I think um, Sony is going to launch and they'll be fine for a while, but once these Xbox games actually start hitting this generation, uh, you know, in, in two, three years, once we get, you know, kind of through this um, rough patch of like post COVID development that we're, we're going through right now, um, and a lot of these Xbox exclusive ac- actually start hitting and some of them actually start performing well. Um, like, I, I think we can immediately, we'll immediately start seeing um, a, a bigger demand and a bigger ask from the Sony uh, yeah. community, like asking for first party games more uh, either sooner after launch or at launch or whatever, like 
whatever that cadence ends up being, there's yeah. going to be like more demand for that. And I think it's eventually going to lead to a race to the bottom, uh, which which kind of like ties in the the crazy number of acquisitions that these companies are doing and and stuff like that, like kind of really forcing uh, these companies to stay competitive with each other until another um competitor steps into the marketplace um because yeah. right now like nintendo does their own thing um pc is like a, a totally separate thing you're not really directly competing on the pc front so it's it's sony and microsoft um and until another like you know an amazon or a, a google or whatever can actually like legitimately step into that space and compete i think it's going to continue being sony and microsoft you know and, and just continuing to like battle towards the bottom so the the one cool thing i have to say about all of this that's going on right now is both these services especially game pass actually more than what we're seeing with the sony one so far okay. is this is really pushing the indie market and it's the idea that because there hasn't been a lot of first-party exclusives, this has pushed people to try more indie games. And this is yeah. where, in the last little bit, we were seeing a lot more. Like, you look at Steam charts. You look at uh, most played games on on uh, PlayStation and on Xbox. We're seeing a lot of indie games top those charts now. And yeah. it's so good to see where the top downloaded games of the month are not these AAA games just because a bunch of people bought Call of Duty. Cool. Like, what was yeah. it? Elden Ring just passed COD mm -hmm. this year. And it's like, it's so nice to see that we're starting to see that trend of people are going, huh, obviously if Microsoft's putting this ahead on their list, if obviously if PlayStation's putting this ahead on their list, if, if they're going to offer it in this service that they're paying for, it must be good or it must be worth trying, right? And I'm I'm glad to see that we're seeing that. Yeah. I, I agree, and I, I think ultimately this is going to be better for developers and better for the consumer at the expense of Sony and Microsoft, which, like, you know, they're two of the largest corporations in the world, so they can afford it. It's fine. They um, can do it. But yeah, I, I think it, it will ultimately lead us to a good place. Alrighty, we are going to wrap up the show right there. Thank you all so much for listening. If you want to listen to the show live while we record it, you can give us a follow over on twitch.tv slash dual screen streams. Um, we're very close. I think we're one, follow one away, away from, 300. from 300. So if you want to swing by, drop a follow, try and catch a live show. Um, we record not only this podcast, uh, but also our indie focus podcast, Indies Nuts, uh, live on Twitch. Um, so come on by hang out in the chat. We've got a, a great group of people that, that hang out here. Um, make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash dual screens TV. Um, we're seeing a lot of really awesome content go up on there. We've got a lot of uh, demos from PAX East uh, that are up there for really cool games that we saw. Um, we also post all of our um, podcast content up there so highly recommend uh, and then if you can leave us a review on any podcast service that you're listening to that would be very much appreciated my name is taylor you can follow me at it's perger over on twitter that has been Corey, the grounded gamer double d no e follow me on everywhere, everywhere on everything and if you want to support us just a little bit more you can go to patreon.com slash nds podcast where you can get the pre-show where we talk about chips um as well as access to our discord for just one dollar a month that is patreon.com slash nds podcast these shows would not exist without the generous support of our patrons thank you all so much we will catch you next time and until then keep eating them chips and stay grounded